Welcome, everyone, to the Our Strange Skies podcast. I am your host, Rob Christofferson. And joining me again is my producer, Spencer Bert Davis. Welcome back, man. Hey, Rob. How are you, bud? Oh, we're doing good, man. We're doing good. Um, I, I sent you a... Um, it's a 38-page report. And because um, I stumbled across this, I was on script. And this thing just popped up. And I'm like... Dude, there is no way I'm not doing an episode about this. Scrib and, uh, is fucking wild. <laughs> it's got the wildest <laughs> shit that you can imagine. Like, you could probably indoctrinate some people into some really dark shit on that website. But, uh, um, <laughs> or, you know, you could find incredible Bigfoot stories. <laughs> you can find incredible Bigfoot stories. And today we're talking about. The 1981 UFO creature invasion of northern Ohio. Uh, and this is a report uh, compiled by Dennis Polichus. Uh, it's called Night Siege, the Northern Ohio UFO creature, creature Invasion. I happen to have a copy right here. <laughs> Wait. Where? Yes. I'm sorry. How? Where? Why? <laughs> I, uh, I bought this uh, a while ago from um, the Archives for the Unexplained in Sweden because you can get awesome UFO material and stuff for relatively cheap. And this is this is one of the things that I picked up. That's amazing. I love that. It just sort of looks like a comic book too, with the like the the size yes. and like the illustration on the front. Yes. It, it absolutely does. Like it, it feels like an oversized comic book uh, of sorts. But um, this report is fucking wild. Okay, there's no way <laughs> to to say it any other way. It's it's fucking crazy. I got a little scared when you sent it to me at first because between like the the Bigfoot illustrations and then the the name, if you kind of squint, looks a little bit like David Politis. And I was like, no, 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 we can't do this again. <laughs> we can't we go back. <laughs> we can't go back. We, we swore off that son of a bitch. But like, um, yeah, this, um, this story, it, it goes places. You don't expect it. Uh, the best way that I could describe it is imagine the Kelly Hopkinsville incident on steroids. That's what we're talking about. Um, like literally, the creatures are just bigger. <laughs> yes, they're Instead a lot of little bigger. guys. You got big guys. A lot bigger. People on their roofs shooting guns. Um, UFOs smacking people in the faces with laser beams and stuff. It's got it all. <laughs> Everything. I can't um, wait. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh this is a 38 38 page report. It's um and there's an introduction by a guy named Bertold Schwartz who uh he was a well-respected person in the field. He was um I believe a psychotherapist or a psychiatrist or something like that, but he had an interest in parapsychology and stuff, but um he wrote the foreword to night siege so i i, I want to i got i got some quotes here um 
Thoroughly familiar with the relevant literature, Polichus combines that with his own firsthand observations. He defines the anatomy of many multiple witness encounters with phenomena that cannot be trapped, shot, captured, photographed, or hunted. The reader is titillated with numerous self-explanatory drawings. Hey, don't tell me if I'm titillated or not. Yeah. (laughs) How are you going to tell me I'm titillated? You don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally titillated here. Uh, accounts of presumed creature-associated direct voices asking the time, and cryptic messages saying, it can't be stopped. It can't be stopped. Families have been terrorized and driven from their homes, and animals have been mutilated in a mini-demic of UFO creature pandemonium. <laughs> a mini I'm sorry, give me that last sentence one more time. A mini-demic of UFO creature pandemonium? Yes, a mini-demic of UFO creature pandemonium. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's a great sentence. Or sentence fragment. It it truly is. It truly is. Um, It should be stressed that these happenings took place in Polichus' own backyard and not in far-off exotic jungle habitats. (laughs) Okay. I take it back. I'm fully titillated. (laughs) (laughs) Throughout his accounts, it becomes evident that these events are neither isolated occurrences nor solely the product of tormented minds nor brains deranged by the abuse of various substances or diseases. Yeah. (laughs) These experiences seem to explode out of nowhere and they affect a cross section of Mike of a microcosm Americana. What? <laughs> yes. He, right. ends, he ends with this sentence. The implications of this report are terrifying. All right. I'm sold. Uh, you you yeah. definitely have my attention, Berthold. Uh, Berthold's got everybody's attention here. Uh, so we're headed to the tiny, 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 tiny town of Rome, Ohio, Less than 100 people lived there today, and in 1981, it was the location of this series of Bigfoot UFO incidents that involved the Robert S. family and some of their neighbors. So it things started sometime in 1980, kind of quietly. There was a deer discovered in the woods. Its side had been cut open and it looked like it had been done by claws, according to Dennis Polichus. Uh, the word allegedly comes in, comes to mind for, for a good portion of this, <laughs> but like, you know, sure. It, sure. We're, we'll take yeah. it at face value for now. Cause we, we don't yeah. have any other uh, sources as far as I'm aware. Yep. So, Many months later, May of 1981, a group of Amish people were cutting wood on Robert's property. And beyond the wood line, there was 600 pounds of horse feed that had been moved there. And the bags were discovered torn open as if by claws. So we've got, you know, just like massive claws, apparently, you know, just like breaking into stuff. So the next day. Robert hears shots uh, because he's a farmer by trade. Um, They're bringing out deep in the woods on his property. And before long, the Amish people emerge from the woods with a horse whose side has been cut open and more of the feed bags had also been cut open. They refused to speak on the matter of what they were shooting. They just, you know, um, just blasting away. 
at yeah, something. Just blasting away. Totally normal. Totally normal. Okay. <laughs> but uh, one of the oddest occurrences took place in June of 1981. Robert had been in the process of installing a gas well on the property. Quote, a bulldozer operator clearing the area for a gas line came upon a 40 or so foot patch square of land completely stripped of any grass, rocks, or weeds. Holes in four and all the size of 50 gallon oil drums were found in the ground in this area. When the operator discussed this find with Robert, he was asked if he went around the spot. The operator's response was that he did not get paid to go around. He got paid to go through. <laughs> Uh, around the same time, about June 15th, 1981, four ducks and one chicken went into the woods and never came out. They were later found dead by the farmer as he was working out beyond the wood line. That's my favorite line in this first section. Four ducks and a chicken went in the woods and they never came out. Never came out. But then they Uh, found them. Yes. So they did come out. No, no, no. They were found. The ducks were mutilated in the sense that they apparently were not killed for food. Their heads were bitten off, and there was a big bite mark in each duck's stomach area. Mm. End quote. Mm. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, big footprints were discovered in the kill area. Uh, around the same time, a half mile south of this location, a big sawdust pile was discovered with large holes dug into it. Uh, and apparently in other areas, the piles were just completely torn apart. Um, so this couldn't have been done by any animal, you know, apparently, but it's just a weird thing. When you say big footprints, is it big footprints or Bigfoot prints? I think we can jump to the conclusion that they're big footprints. They're, they're totally big footprints. So... Robert's 16-year-old son had awoken one night claiming that a face, the face of some strange creature could be seen in his bedroom window. Uh, But the family chalked it all up to a nightmare. But the nightmare was coming, people. It's it's on the way. (laughs) It's a bad omen. Yes. Uh, The official start of Robert's ordeal was June 25th, 1981. It was late, and Robert noticed that his ducks were restless in the front yard. So that was when they noticed a pair of big red glowing eyes from a creature that was on all fours. It was in the neighborhood of seven to eight feet tall. One of the boys shined a flashlight on the creature and it let out a high pitched scream that changed to a low pitched one. And then it fled into a field to the west. So Robert fires a single shot from a shotgun. And there's a lot of shooting in this one, folks. There's so much <laughs> gun action here. Like, these people are trigger happy. Um, Saw Bigfoot and I just started blasting. Yeah, just totally blasting. Didn't seem <laughs> to have any effect uh, on these creatures. but uh, As in they hit, as like they hit them with a shotgun and it just didn't matter? I, it didn't seem to matter. Didn't seem, he yeah. claims that he, that he got them, but like uh, nothing. No effect. Very, uh, it's like the wolf at Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, yeah. The the bulletproof wolf. Yes. Yeah. Um, this is bulletproof Bigfoot. We got the bulletproof Bigfoot. Teflon Sasquatch. <laughs> Teflon Sasquatch. <laughs> Put it on the list. Put it on the list. Um, the next night, 2 a.m., 
Robert was watching TV on this hot, this really hot summer night, and his dog, quote, started raising all kinds of hell. Soon the cry became a whimper. Robert went outside with his flashlight, aimed it at his dog, who was trying to dig himself under this kind of push lawnmower. Um, like to hide? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Quote, Robert at this point happened to shine his flashlight out back by his hoist. He saw a thing similar to a gorilla standing right next to it. It was black with two bright red eyes. It was looking right at Robert and started making snorting and growling sounds. Uh, Robert hit it in the eyes with his flashlight, went down and caught its teeth and face, then started on down and caught it right in the chest. At this point in his experience, Robert thought he was going to have a heart attack. End quote. Reasonable response. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. He uh, he quickly ran back to the house to grab his shotgun. The creature fled, screaming into the backyard, into a field, and Robert pursued it with his two sons. Like they're going after these things. Bold. Not. Yeah, it's very bold. <laughs> uh, so they climb into their pickup truck. Um, and first they, you know, knocked on the door, their neighbors to see if they had seen or heard anything, but they hadn't. So, uh, giving up this pursuit, they start to go back to the house and all the while the brush was kind of breaking alongside them. And then suddenly the engine of their truck died. A neighbor, a neighbor drove up, asked him what he was doing, and Robert explained it all. Uh, the creature with the red eyes, and that was when the neighbor had a story of his own to tell. The sons of his neighbor had been outside camping one night when they claimed to he- hear like growling noises and had seen something that looked like a bear. And after that, they wouldn't camp outside again. So we've got we got a lot going on here. There's there's just Squatch activity. We there are probably some bear in Ohio, right? Mm-hmm. Black I bear at least. So. Yeah, I would assume so, especially in northern Ohio. Black bear, definitely not eight feet tall, but you know, aside from that, right? No, um, but uh, eventually, you know, the the car, the truck starts and. They all return home. That's when Robert noticed the electrical cord to his hoist was broken. And the thing is, the creature had actually gathered up the cord and hung it up over the hoist. Okay. Mm-hmm. Probably not an animal. I mean, no. not like definitely not, but not typically a thing that animals do. Although... They did say it looked like a gorilla. Those guys are pretty uh, dexterous. They've got some they fine are. motor skills. Yep. They've, they don't live in Ohio, them. but <laughs> <laughs> there's that problem. No, they're, they're exactly. So in the in the report, these are these are the details of the creature. So size, the creature was about 9.5 feet tall as it was standing right next to the house constructed in the backyard. There were two uh, by four wood pieces on the ho- on the on this hoist nine feet tall, the full hoist being 12 feet tall. The creature's glowing red eyes were parallel uh, with the two by fours. So that's that's where they get the uh, height there. 
hair. It was long and shaggy, either black or dark brown. Eyes. They were glowing red, very big, about the size of a hardball. The glowing red eyes. Does that uh, mean like, were, a, uh, like a baseball? What yeah. is a heart? Okay. That's uh, huge. Like, yeah. No, they're, they're pretty. Uh, no, like um, they're a little bit smaller than that. So a hardball, we used to play like spread eagle with them. So like um, probably uh, they're smaller than a baseball. So smaller than a tennis ball, too. So, so like a like a racquetball, um, yeah, about that. Maybe just a tiny bit smaller than that, but pretty close. I'm trying to Google um, it, and it it just returns the Keanu Reeves movie and the Chris Matthews show on MSNBC. <laughs> it's a tough thing to Google. It is a tough thing to Google. Like Hardball with Chris Matthews sucked up so much wind with these Google searches, like so much. <laughs> but uh yeah, they're, they're pretty big eyes. Uh, its nose was described as pushed down and more or less flat, with only a little bit of, like, nostril showing. Uh, the nose was said to be very big. Uh, mouth. Fangs were apparent and seemed to be about one and a half inches long, sticking up and down out of the mouth. The actual teeth were, quote, shark-like, sharp and pointed. The lips were thick, and its lower lip appeared to stick out more than the top lip. This may have been due to the fangs pushing the lips outward. And finally, body structure. The creature was standing upright, not bent over. The arms hung down the waist. It had a very large body like a gorilla. The chest area had no nipples or breasts, but small white patches about the size of 50 cent pieces could be observed on the chest. Um, and there is a there is a handy illustration of this creature. There I was about is. to say we. This is where we have our first illustration, and it is scary. <laughs> I it's don't scary. like it at all. Uh, it's scary. The nipples complement the glowing red eyes. Um, yeah, so it says wild. it doesn't have nipples, but it very clearly does. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and the the person standing next to it for scale does not. No. I, I like, don't know about the accuracy of this illustration. The person standing next to it also does not have a face or genitals. So <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> I guess we're not really concerned about the details of the human, but it's it doesn't seem terribly accurate. No, no, not at all. Also, that person's arm is like five <laughs> feet long and has three yes. joints. It's too many it joints. <laughs> I don't trust this illustration based on what they think a human looks like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> One arm is like that? eight inches longer than the other arm also. <laughs> this is a mess. It is. It is. But that's what you get when you get yourself a copy of Night Siege. Uh, <laughs> starring Steven Seagal. Starring Steven Seagal. <laughs> Law man. Um, so, June 28th. There are beings that appear on the woodline, quote, they put their youngest boy on the tractor and drove out into the field. As they did this, they noticed a, a uh, out back, a black form waving back and forth, some sort of uh, dark blue light. One family member prepared to shoot at this form. As he did so, the light went out and there was nothing to shoot at, end quote. So what's interesting here is like we have these kind of tall Bigfoot figures we also have, um, like, what seem like shadowy forms with flashlights. 
So, question. Maybe it's a dumb question, but this looks so based on the illustration. It's like the the silhouette of a person, basically. Yes. You know, we yes. can see a torso, two arms, two legs, a head, and it looks like it's holding a flashlight. If a person were out at night without any other light and they were holding a flashlight, isn't that what a person would look like? Exactly. Exactly. Um, so why is this weird? Um, because these, these black forms, some of them had glowing red eyes. Okay, well, that's not very person-like. No, that's that's where you push the boundaries of this uh, of it being a, a normal person. But uh, and black and, form. Yeah. And these forms are like human sized or are they also nine feet tall? No, they're human sized. They're smaller. They're okay. they, they don't look like, you know, robust Bigfoot type creatures, but they act similar in, in, in certain ways when um, they're shot at. What you're gonna find is that <laughs> they're just uh, shooting they at fucking everybody. <laughs> this they is are. Like almost certainly a person, and they're just like, "Fuck it, I have a gun." <laughs> yes, <laughs> guns, guns gonna solve problems. Here we go. Yep. Pap, pap, shoot, shoot, skeet, skeet. <laughs> Get out yep. of my way. So yeah, black black forms and glowing red eyes would appear again as they pushed into the field. They emptied shell after shell into these creatures, hitting one. And causing it to fall on their stomach and they keep shooting hoping to kill this creature but soon found that it was joined by two more pairs of red glowing eyes yeah i think you're just committing murder guys <laughs> <laughs> i don't think you should do this yeah and you know what they keep firing they keep firing is this what they meant by uh, americana in the intro yes. <laughs> just <laughs> shooting blindly so. at everything yeah, so the being split up, one runs to the west, the other to the east, um, and the family retreats to the house, believing they're under siege. So we've got full Steven Seagal under, under siege here. Um, <laughs> People are jumping out of cakes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pandemonium. So they would just like retreat to the house and continue to see these figures like running back and forth uh, along the wood line. Um, on July 1st, Dennis Polichus gets involved, um, and he attempts to, you know, find evidence of these creatures. And what they found were trails of footprints, um, of the three-toed variety. Quote, sure enough, we started finding a trail of prints left by the creature. They were large circular footprints with three-toe-like extensions. They were seven inches wide by eight inches long. From the way these prints were in the ground, the middle toe appeared to sink in deeper than the side toes. There were at least 40 or so of these impressions starting from the side of the house and across the plow field up to the oil and gas wells west of the property, end quote. So, um, wait, how how do they know that these prints belong to the these creatures? They're... <laughs> jump to conclusions like the, the prints are interesting when you look at them so they're definitely um, weird looking but an eight inch long foot mm -hmm. it would be tiny for a nine foot tall creature 
I don't think they're saying that they are, um, that they belong to the Bigfoot creature. I, I think they're saying that they belong to the shorter figures, but. That would be small even for that, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. It would. Like, the, the prints don't make sense. The prints are very small, you know, comparative. Like um, a, an eight, an eight inch long foot is like a, I mean, that'd be like a size four or something like that's tiny yeah yeah that's very it's a very small footprint and and like when you look at them like yeah like those are tiny as shit also eight by seven yeah right like that's basically a square <laughs> you yes. got a little you got a little square feet yeah with three toes yeah to, that's a that seems like quite a leap to assume that those prints belong to anything human sized yeah, or bigger. Like, my my assumption is like maybe they belong to a duck. I don't know. Like an over exaggerated duck, but you know. And are we saying prints uh it's uh, what July, right at this point? Yep. So these are prints in what, like mud or something? Mud or yeah, dirt? Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. Uh, uh, it definitely, the three toes makes me think bird of some sort. And that would be pretty big for a bird, but probably not, like, totally out of the ballpark. Yep. Just the, the, the shape, the, the size, the number of toes, nothing about this makes me think human or ape at all. No. Weird. Okay. So, yeah, we've got, you know, Polichus here. He's documenting all this. He notes the difference in the types of figures. And he also notes that there are white flashes of light that would precede the appearance of these black forms in the woods. So, like, it was as if the, the forest would just, like, completely light up for, like, a second. And then these black forms would appear. June 29th was kind of the uh, the straw that broke the camel's back. So we're going to backtrack for a second here for um, to get the police involved. So Robert called the uh, Ashtabula County Sheriff's Department. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of that, but it, it, that's how it looks like it's spelled. Um, he called enough. him twice on the same day, first at 5 a.m., then again at 11 p.m., the sheriff's department didn't see anything, but two reports were written. So date, June 29th, 1981, nature of incident, suspicious activity, time, 5 a.m. Robert S. reported that on Wednesday and Thursday evening of late last week, he and his family were awakened by loud growling and act, uh, loud growling and activity in the front and backyard. When he went to check the disturbance, they reportedly saw a large black colored animal standing about seven to nine feet tall. Each time they shined a light on the animal or attempted to shoot it, it would run off into the woods. Last evening, the animal returned and was in the north field behind the house. Robert S. and his sons chased the animal toward a clearing in the north tree line, where they said they saw three pairs of large eyes. They fired several shots at the animals and were waiting for daylight to check for any signs. I checked the area along with the prints in the ground, but they were distorted. 
Mr. S said he called our offices and game warden Kelly last week and was told nothing could be done unless a clear print could be obtained. Mr. S mentioned that he had lost four ducks and a chicken since the activity had started and advised of other incidents where horses belonging to Amish loggers and other farm animals had been attacked. Are those are those the chickens and ducks that went into the woods to never be seen? Didn't come out. (laughs) Never heard from again. Yes. They didn't receive any further correspondence from the ducks. No. <laughs> Damn. There were no quacks heard. No quacks. <laughs> Radio silence from the ducks. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, date, June 29th, 1981. Nature of incident. Suspicious noises. Time, 11 p.m. I arrived at the above location Wait, and met with Robert S. The, family. Sorry, this is the same night? This is the same day, just later later on in the evening. So it was like early in the morning, oh, and then later it. in the evening. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. They explained that they have been hearing strange noises around their property for the last week or so. Mr. S said that they have seen a huge animal also at nighttime. He said that it looked like it stood about nine feet tall. The animal makes a real loud growl. He said it looked like it could be a bear. It has always been dark when they see it, so he hasn't gotten a real good look at it. They have found large paw marks in the ground around his property. Deputy D came to the scene with a shotgun, and Sergeant F also arrived also. We checked the area with our spotlights, but didn't see anything. Resumed patrol. So, just so I'm clear, like this, this would be way bigger than a black bear, right? How like how big is your average uh, a black, black bear? bear? Black bears aren't huge. I think they they can get up to like maybe six feet tall when they're standing on their back legs. Yeah. Okay. Quick quick Google from <laughs> bearbiology.org. Okay. Good. Good. Good source. Um, up to seventy five inches. So what is that? Like six six feet would be seventy two. So a little over six feet tall. Yeah, so we're in the, yeah, that's the, I'm in the ballpark. Hell yeah. Yeah. Totally called that shit. You nailed it. Okay. So nine nine feet would be like 50% bigger than a large black bear. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, July 1st, 1981. This is where everything comes together. This is the culmination of everything. Everything converges. (laughs) The Robert S. family had taken to their roof to keep watch on the property. On this night, with two family members on watch, lights started to appear at the far end of the tree line. There were four lights in all, changing colors from red to blue to yellow, and then to a strange black kind of light. They resembled huge oil tanks, somewhat square and box-like. So, they're thinking... So, if you track back to the uh, strange holes that they found on the property when they were drilling the gas. Yeah. This kind of lines up with how big they are. So uh, okay. it, there, there's kind of a connection here. Um, at one point, one of these lights projected a beam down to the ground, followed by the sound of a woman screaming, which caused the objects to disappear. Wait, wait, wait. This. Yeah. The light made the sound of a woman screaming yeah that's what it sounds like oh that sucks yeah <laughs> i hate that yeah mm. and after after that there were running forms that just started going nuts in the woods 
but they were a little a little too far out of gunshot range. They're not down on the ground. Um, <laughs> these, these guys have one solution to every problem, and it's shoot the fuck out of it. <laughs> yeah. If we can't shoot every, it, I don't know what to do. I'm, yes. I'm out of ideas. <laughs> it's making a weird sound. Shoot the sound. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Yep. Uh, quote, every time various family members thought they could see one of the forms, they would shoot and the forms would scream. They would watch the wood line and start seeing red glowing eyes standing, you watching their every move. You are committing murder and you need to stop. <laughs> if you're shooting something and it screams, <laughs> that's bad. Don't do that. Yeah. yeah. They would shoot at the red eyes with no effect. At the same time, seeing forms running to the left and to the right of the set of eyes. The family members thought that for some reason the glowing eyes were being used as some sort of diversion to draw their attention away from the forms. They shot at the forms, hitting them and hearing them scream. Yikes. This just sucks for everybody. It does. <laughs> no one is having a good time here. While up on the roof later, they noticed two forms with glow glowing red eyes come up uh, the side of the field and stand to the side of the barn. They tried to talk to them from up on the roof, waited five minutes, and then lowered the boom on them. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> That's in the report. This is a direct quote. Lowered the boom on them. <laughs> Some militia motherfuckers out here. They're <laughs> rolling out cannons and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they really are. Um, <laughs> about, to, they, about to nuke them some aliens in a minute here. <laughs> I just, I half expected like a bazooka or something to show up. Like I was waiting for it. Like, oh, man, you do not want to mess with someone from rural Ohio. They will destroy you. <laughs> I get or not, but they'll certainly try. There will be they'll, nothing. They'll run left. out of ammo trying. Right. Uh, so they screamed, yelled, and ran off. End quote. Um, while the Robert S. family uh, was going all Kelly Hopkinsville on these intruders, a strange horse appeared in the field. And it looked exactly like one of their horses. So they but shot they, it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're like, oh, our horse is locked up. This ain't this ain't our horse. So this is they a space shot the horse. horse. Yeah, God this damn is it. a, it's a phantom horse. We got phantom horses here. Quote, it screamed, hollered, growled, and it took off back toward the northeast part of the field. End quote. You, you dumb dumbs just shot your own horse. <laughs> and like the uh, the sketch uh, of this is, is great because um, it literally like this this is gold right here this is gold yeah we, we've got a guy on his roof with a gun <laughs> kneeling with, yeah kneeling <laughs> kneeling on his roof pointing a gun at two like glowing silhouettes of people and yep. a glowing silhouette of a horse in a field yep. again the scale is just all wrong like the horse is is smaller than the people <laughs> One, one one person's hand is about three feet long. Like it's, <laughs> I don't trust the accuracy of these illustrations. But if we're just going on vibes, I, I think I sort of get what's going on here. I I want to know who A Blazy is. Uh, I don't think Dude, A Blazy is a fucking yeah. 
tight name. Oh, his name is Larry Blazy. Larry Blazy. Why does he go by A Blazy? I don't know. Um, Larry Blazy has done all the artwork for Night Siege. He is a design engineer, industrial consultant. This man is an artist of exceptional talent. <laughs> well, I take it all back. Larry, you have my sincerest apologies. <laughs> Larry has various paintings in a permanent collection at the Cleveland Museum of Art, plus has ceramics in a permanent collection at the Butler Museum in Youngstown. Hey, uh, look, maybe horses and hands just aren't Larry's thing. Uh, he he might be a fine artist otherwise. Um, over hands 30 are years tough. ago, I get it. Uh, uh, when this report was published, Larry founded one of the first UFO groups in the country with uh, Mr. Earl Neff. So, Larry Blazy, God bless you. <laughs> um, and that definitely but, does look like an A, though. Is that... It does. It does. Like, that does not look like an L. Oh, it does look... It is an L. Oh, my bad. Well, good um, news. That means I can use A Blazy as my uh, artistic pseudonym. <laughs> He absolutely should. Um, so both men climbed down from the roof to see if there were any tracks left behind by the strange, by the strange horse. Uh, some prints were found, but little else. Nothing. Don't say anything about what these prints look like. But <laughs> no, uh, no prints were found, but they did find their own horse dead in the field. Yes, <laughs> you, dumb, you dumb bastards. <laughs> uh, you can only assume. Stop, stop uh, shooting things. <laughs> When they climbed back onto the roof, that was when the balls of light appeared. So one of the men on lookout felt light headed from the glow of the object hitting him. So he kind of mm. staggered briefly and he almost fell off the roof. And the other man on lookout saw what was happening and hit the object with the bullet, which caused it to disappear. So. I'm sorry, real quick, I, I'm trying to follow along with you in this in this document here. There's a sentence that says another member of the family saw what was going on and fired a pumpkin ball at the light. Mm-hmm. What yes. is a pumpkin ball? I have no idea. Is that like a potato gun, but with pumpkins? Shooting? Uh, yeah, uh, like that's literally what it says in the report. It says fired a pumpkin ball. What? Are, are we supposed to know what that means? Apparently. Okay. Apparently. Um, an hour later, a red glowing ball landed in the trees. Quote, the red glowing ball was shot at. It jumped down a branch and turned into a small animal-like creature, something like an owl. They continued to shoot Uh-oh. at it. It continued to jump down a branch until it fell out of the tree and onto the ground. So this really is like the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. Mm-hmm. We're blasting owls out of trees. It's, it's beat for beat here. Yep. At this point, the thing got up and ran down the wood line on all fours. So an owl got up out of a tree and ran on all fours. I'm um, sorry. An owl doesn't have four. An owl has two. <laughs> they got twos, man. On all, they got twos. On all four of what? <laughs> right. The family ran over to the tree, which was almost directly on the wood line, and saw a depression in the soft field grass, where it looked like something heavy had fallen out of the tree onto the ground, leaving an an obvious impression. So, like, I am totally confused by this shit, because you're saying this thing like an owl, like it's changing forms like an owl, it's falling out of a tree, and then it's getting up and running on all fours? What the hell? 
What's going yeah, on? I'm, I'm lost, dude. I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was following, and now we've got pumpkins and owls and four four legged owls. I I am confusion. <laughs> yeah, that that's the culmination of of everything that happened on the first. And I I just want to say my favorite illustration in this thing, aside from Bigfoot, is the dude getting absolutely blasted in the face by by a, a beam of light from this glowing ball yeah so So i was just looking at that on page uh 17 there's a guy straddling the top of the roof and just getting fucking roasted in the face by by this sun looking thing yeah is is that supposed to be the guy who felt dizzy and almost fell off the roof because of the the light Okay. Yep. Because it's shooting like a laser beam straight, straight into his mouth. It looks like yeah. in this photo, in this, or not photo, in this illustration. Yep. He's just he's just eating a laser beam coming off of this sun. It like literally eating that beam, just eating the fuck out of it. <laughs> that sounds like the the illustration makes it look much more aggressive than it sounded in the in the description. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like. Um, I, I think the illustration just like ramps it up into something even better. I love it. Um, God bless you, Larry Blazy. Yeah, Larry Blazy. Just <laughs> he was Larry blazing it up. He was making these. <laughs> um, All right, so that's it for the for the first of July. Yeah, so we go to the night of the third, and the phenomenon evolves again. Ruh-roh. This time, a strange fog concentrated itself over the house, and a pair of black forms. Uh, in the plow field appeared uh, at the back of the house. Quote, they watched these forms for about 15 minutes. Robert said he cracked down on one of the forms. The form fell down screaming and growling. It stayed on the ground for about 30 seconds to a minute, and then it got back up and ran away. What does cracked down on one of the forms mean? Like, <laughs> like put him in a sharpshooter or this, something? Like, what are we talking this is about? the language <laughs> that Dennis Politius is using. They're dropping the boom on him. <laughs> He went out and wrestled them. Like, what? What are we talking about here? I know, I know. It's it's so bad. All right. So, yeah, uh, the second reform returned to the tree line, and by the t- by that by the time that Dennis Pelicha said, um, so so that's it for the third. But by the time that Dennis Pelicha said return to this house on July six. You know, Robert had put up a barbed wire fence uh, on his property. Didn't want anything getting close to the house. Uh, this is call. like, uh, you know, probably the smartest thing he's done. Put down yeah. the gun for a second. He's like, <laughs> I should put up a fence. This, yeah, this is let's. Smart. You have other tools available to you. Let's let's stop shooting things for a second. And think through yeah. this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like this move. Yeah. So. He claimed that one of the creatures had come very close to the house and five toed footprints were found uh, near a window uh, front yard and in the driveway. So that's largely what prompted it. Uh, Surprised he didn't have like, you know, like some elaborate like a team style kind of, you know, machine gun set up there for anything that came <laughs> close to the house. Because that's that's kind of the vibe I'm picking up from the Robert S family here. Right. Mm-hmm. He found some footprints, so he laid out some landmines, <laughs> <laughs> some trip wires. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, a fence, fine. 
a fence seems like it 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 solves a lot of your problems here. <laughs> fence fence is going to help a lot. Um, you know. The strangest find that they made was in a tractor path opening. The ground was very hard, but in this area, they found five impressions of a five-toed footprint in the grass. What made these prints strange was that there was a swirl pattern of grass around it which was going in a clockwise direction. So like think crop circles and kind of the formation that you have around that so you have a footprint and just like kind of outside of the footprint you have these kind of weird swirls of grass that's pretty weird i don't think i've ever heard of that before no after doing an investigation during the day Polichus and his friend willard mcintyre decided to come back and spend the night quote willard and i arrived at the location of the bigfoot sightings late afternoon early evening We did not know what to expect because, as researchers, we had not seen anything up to this point. The family members were loading up their guns in preparation for another all-night stakeout up on the roof of the house. Willard, myself, two family members, and a friend of the family proceeded to go back to the wood line across from the plow field. I must admit, I could not, first off, see many of the forms moving on the wood line. I believe this was due to my night vision abilities. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> He's got superpowers? <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> we got an X-Men out here? <laughs> I don't know what it means. <laughs> like, right. I don't know. It's, I, I'm assuming hey, he's look. saying he doesn't have good night vision, but like... Saying your night vision abilities to me says you have some of some effect, but are, are just like lying to me. Um, so yeah, hey, I, hey, if I you're believe good, this I'm was good, due bud. to my. <laughs> I believe this was due to my night vision abilities and the fact that various family members were expert hunters and most probably could see better at night than I. So yeah, like saying night vision abilities though, like that, just like. What the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. you need another word in there. You need, like, lack of night vision abilities or something. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> unless, um, unless you're trying to tell say, me you have superpowers, which, you know. Yes. That's a separate conversation. This report, this report is full of, like, bad grammar, misspellings of all kinds. It's 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 not. It's, it's It could have done with a good editor, but nobody was going to edit this thing. <laughs> Seems seems like a pretty low-budget operation here. (laughs) Yes. We did have an intense experience while out on the wood line. A glowing form stepped out of the wood line on the other side of the field. The three family members fired upon it, hitting it, and it looking like the form fell down into the high grass. We all ran toward this area, losing a minute or so because we had to climb over a live electrical fence. Okay, (laughs) I guess these guys are fucking wild. (laughs) Yeah, they're 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 nuts, man. Uh, We found the area with the grass smashed down and another path leading away as if something had dragged itself away into the woods. No human or animal had been in the area to create the ground effects we observed. Willard and I went ahead and started throwing rocks into the wood line, hoping to hear something run away. Or for it to come out after us. <laughs> Look, we gotta shoot something. <laughs> we gotta get something out here so we can shoot it. Yes. 
As we did this, a rock came flying out of the woods over our heads, landing by the family members. Mm. They were standing about 15 feet behind us. Uh, Classic Bigfoot move. Yep. More red glowing eyes were observed moving along the wood line. It appeared all the activity was shifting to the wood line on the east side of the house. This was the first time any intense movement had taken place along the east wood line, directly on the side of the house. We all ran back to the house, fearful because the activity appeared to be moving so close to the house. Um, there were numerous sets of eyes seen that night, as low as two to three feet above the ground and as high as 10 to 12 feet above it. I don't know how they were judging that, but... Yeah, and also, like, a tall thing can can lay down. Mm-hmm. Yep. The two to three is less concerning to me than the 10 to 12. That's too high. That's that's too tall. Too tall. Way too tall. Mm-hmm. Um, the best sighting we had all night was when three sets of big red glowing eyes were observed. One to the left, one behind the dead tree, and one lower almost on the ground. So this is the cover of Night Siege. Sure. That's what sure. we're talking about here. Bigger creature was over 12 feet tall, judging from the dead tree trunk, stepped out <clears throat> and stood to the left of the tree. My flashlight beam was right on it at this time. The body of the creature actually casting a shadow on the big dead tree trunk. Black hair could be seen shining in the light of the flashlight from the creature's body. Everyone fired at it. <laughs> All the critter did was turn sideways with a strange sort of motion and moved out of the flashlight beam. The shooting did not appear to have any sort of effect at all. Oh, weird. You guys saw something and you started shooting at it? No way. <laughs> I can't believe it. Um, so fast forward to over a month later, August 21st. Um, that's when he returns. Politius returns, and he and he learns, um, you know, the, the like, you know, the the activity still still going on. On August thirteenth, Willard McIntyre called Dennis Politius up. He's got an idea. He's going to bait these these uh, creatures with uh, tape recordings of ducks and rabbits. Also, he's going to bait them with live rabbits, which McIntyre said he would supply. Only the kicker here. The rabbits would each have a cyanide capsule in them. So if the Bigfoots broke them open and ate them, they would die of cyanide poisoning. Wow. That's a particularly cruel approach to this whole yeah. situation. Yeah. Like, fuck these people. Honestly, fuck F these people. And fuck, and fuck these rabbits, bullshit. too, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's dying. Wow. Everybody okay. is dying. And this is bullshit. Um, quote, for overall protection of the team, he also said he would bring along a case of flares, a cylinder of pressurized hydrofluoric acid, loaded guns of various power, and if all else failed, a $40 crucifix. We had discussed the possibility that this phenomena might be demons. End quote. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> we gotta back up. Do <laughs> you want me to read that again? Yeah, give me that list one more time. <laughs> Quote, for overall protection of the team, he also said he would bring along a case of flares. What? Okay, stop, cylinder. stop, 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 stop. What are the flares for? Okay. <laughs> what? Are you, who are you trying to alert and, and to, to what? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Right, and um, then what, what was next? 
a cylinder of pressurized hydrofluoric acid. What the? F- what is that? And what would it be used for? And why is it pressurized? Hydrofluoric acid. Yeah, you're doing a Google search. Doing the Google. I am. Uh, hydrofluoric acid, hydrogen fluoride in water, uh, highly acidic and corrosive. What? Oh, you know what? You you know what's made with hydrofluoric acid? Uh. Teflon. Oh shit! It's come full circle. Teflon Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Damn! They that already got no hydrofluoric acid. No That's why you can't blast their ass. Yeah, got that. He's got Bigfoot rolling around with a cylinder of pressurized hydrofluoric so acid. What the? What are they gonna? It's often I don't used. Know. Okay. All right. Whatever. And then what was? What was next? Loaded guns of various power. Well, we know what. And what, if all else failed, a forty-dollar crucifix. Because the. The big feet might be demonic. Yes. We had discussed the possibility that the phenomena might be demons. <laughs> the phenomena might be demons. It's such a stupid yep. and awesome sentence. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? It might just be demons. The phenomena yeah. might be demons. Might be demons. Just we'll, might be demons. We'll scare them with these two sticks crossed. <laughs> Yeah. Why $40? That seems like a lot of money in 1981. Dude, you got to bust it out if you want a decent crucifix in 1981. I guess. You think, that's, like, that's an expensive crucifix. I wonder how um, the Exorcist, when it came out, affected the crucifix trade. I'm really wondering if like people were buying on the most ornate crucifixes like uh, they had available. And I guess I didn't realize uh, uh, that crucifixes were like uh, you get what you pay for a situation. I figured they were all oh. kind of equal. That's, you gotta have the ones. $40 have. in 1981 is the equivalent of $137 <laughs> in 2023. That's a very <laughs> expensive crucifix. <laughs> that they seems like too much. Dude, they were packing. They were back. <laughs> not fucking around anymore. All right. No, no. Uh, I, for that, I would hope that thing can open up and you got some like holy water and some steaks that you can stick a vampire in that thing. Right. <laughs> All right. So d- did it work? Uh, <laughs> did they get them? <laughs> Along with the help of a cattle mutilation expert named Larry Peters, the three showed up on the doorstep of the Robert S. family on August 21st, hashed out their plan. Uh, since the last investigation, they had lost a chicken, which had a huge bite mark on its back, and apparently one of the beings had scattered about some of the building supplies at the location of a new pole barn they were building. Damn it. Yep. Um, more startling was the day that Robert S. lost water, uh, hot water. He went into the basement, which was uh, only accessible out back. So he found his fuse box was smashed with uh, finger-like impressions left in it. Uh, Other boxes had been smashed on the property, particularly around the gas wells that he was building. And there were six D-cell batteries found to have been squeezed. What? Yeah, squeezed and like, you know, like they're trying to make the claim that Bigfoot squeezed a battery and just like, you know, burst it. Okay. Why? <laughs> Don't know. 
don't know. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. There is a case from 73 in, in Pennsylvania. Covered it briefly uh, during one of the Bigfoot episodes I did for hol- for the Halloween season. And there was an incident in which a Bigfoot allegedly messed with an electrical box. So we've got precedent here. We've got precedent, apparently. I guess it, it feels like you're just kind of trying to attribute anything and everything to Bigfoot at this point. But oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bigfoot squeezed my batteries. <laughs> OK, dude, if you say so, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So while Politius and company were exploring the area, they were um, able to find some like single five toe print and. They also heard loud screaming coming from inside the woods. Quote, I was not surprised by this, as I had interviewed another family on the other side of the heavy woods who, during the middle of July, had been hearing sounds like wild pigs out across the field from their home. The man would go outside and yell toward the area and shine his flashlight and the sound would stop. This went on for two or three nights, right at the time of the most intense encounters that were taking place on the Robert on Robert's property. End quote. You see, didn't even have to fire a single shot. Literally yelled and shined a flashlight. He just went out there and told him to shut the fuck up, and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, you there? Keep it down. That's all you gotta do. Yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to commit mass murder. <laughs> you guys need to chill. Yeah. Yeah. Just fucking chill. Just take it easy. Um. Let's fucking bang a broom on the ceiling and tell him to keep it down. Yeah, that's it. Simple as that. At around 8 p.m., Willard and Larry got the rabbits set up in an open field that had been recently plowed. Quote, the rabbits were tied with 1,200 pound test parachute cord, one end around a, a back foot, the other to a metal milk crate. A tape loop of rabbits screaming was prepared and used to try and attract the no. creatures. <laughs> How did you make that tape loop? <laughs> I, I want to know. I no. know. Were you torturing rabbits? <laughs> what the it's, fuck? These guys are terrible. Willard McIntyre is a blight. Um, I'm just going to say yeah, that. Yeah, something um, is not right with this dude. No. About 9.30 p.m., just as we had set up everything and were ready to go, all hell broke loose. There were five of us. Myself, Larry Peters, Willard McIntyre, Robert, and a friend of the family named Cliff. Almost all of us from different locations saw big red glowing eyes coming up on the wood line. As many as six sets at one time. At the same time, down by the gas well, a form was seen moving out into the open and then moving back into the woods. The six sets of glowing red eyes came up to the wood line as if they were going to make a dash for one of the rabbits. At the same time, this was going on on the wood line directly in back of the house while glowing lights could be seen. The phantom flashlight beams could also be seen flashing in the woods. They've got it all. It's all going on. All it took was some some screaming rabbits, apparently. Yep. Yep. Wow. So they all start to panic, feeling like this is full-on invasion mode shit. I mean, you, invasion. this is what you guys asked for, isn't it? It's all that shooting. You had to know this yeah. was coming. They were all concerned about a cow that was overdue to give birth, feeling that the creature would steal the calf. Okay. 
Yeah, just coming in to mutilate status. So, but maybe like don't try and lure them out then. Mm. Fair point. Um, apparently, four beef cattle were missing on a neighbor's farm, and in the place where they had been, a pool of blood was found. Well, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, the same farmer had later caught a nine-foot-tall creature running away with a 100-pound 100, 100 calf under its arm. He took a shot, and the creature cried out in pain, dropping the calf in the process. Uh, the mother had been attacked as there were claw marks down the side of her. So, apparently neighbors having that problem. Damn. There's just By 10.30p... There's just yeah. nothing good happening here. No, <laughs> no. Everybody is, is fucked. Like, like this story is fucked from top to yeah, bottom. Yeah, dude. Like, yikes. I kind of, I kind of regret wanting to do this as an episode, but it's, it's just so much. There's so much fodder here. There's so much fodder that it, it just could not. Um, by 10:30 p.m., things seemed to lessen in intensity, but they didn't stop. "Quote: Robert and members of the family went back to the pole barn and tried to light the area." better while Willard kept a lookout with his rifle. Willard saw a black form step out of the wood line, opening in the back of the property. It did not look uh, any bigger than a normal human body. Willard yelled to the form, Are you human or animal? The form responded with some grunting sounds. Willard fired, the form screamed and yelled and ran off into the woods. Dude, Willard is a menace. He, Willard, <laughs> somebody needs to stop this guy. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is a complete and total fucking menace, you know, like, fuck. Um, Willard and Dennis later went in pursuit in the wood line and heard whimpering sounds. A set of red glowing eyes were seen deep within the forest and they decided to approach them. Uh, tagging along were two cats that belonged to the Robert S. family. Just out there, you know, doing whatever. Uh... They were rather playful until a strong odor came into the area. Their tails began to twitch, and they were in a state of panic, and all parties slowly walked back to the house. What? Wait, they just brought cats with them? I guess that, no, they didn't bring the cats. The cats were just, like, there. They're just outdoor cats that showed up. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, quote, later... Larry Peters and family members took off down the road and had more close-up encounters with forms that had big red glowing eyes. Larry Peters had some very intense psychological interactions with the creatures throughout the night, but these experiences are too detailed and will probably be dis discussed at a later date. No, and no, you know no, 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 they no, never no, were. No. Yeah. Yes. No. <laughs> you can't say intense yes. psychological encounters. And then just move the fuck on. You can't skate you know over that. And you know what Dennis Politius did? He said, no, I'm not going to keep you in suspense. I'd like to speak directly to Dennis for a second. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You can't do that. Yeah. You yeah. can't tell me that you had a, an intense psychological. I don't even know what an intense psychological encounter is. I don't either. I don't either. You can't just drop that in there and then just keep it pushing like you said a totally normal thing. No. I That's don't. unacceptable. Not cool. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Um, quote, Robert took his wife to work. 
looking out into the field to make sure that the rabbits were still in place. They were still there. A close eye had to be kept on the rabbits as they still were very dangerous due to the cyanide capsules still inside them. As a matter of fact, we could not sleep all too long, having to get back to Roberts to get rid of the rabbits for him. Like, that the whole paragraph is painful. Like, <sighs> Dennis, man. I have a uh, lot of questions about these these guys in general. Like, what? You just had a bunch of cyanide laying around? Apparently. You just had... I'm scared of, of these people. Yeah. I, I truly am. Yeah, this, this sounds like a, a problem for everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. someone... Someone should be aware that there are these weirdos out. I know it was 40 years ago now, but out there with guns and cyanide and flares and pressurized acid. And yeah, yeah, this is this is terrifying. Yeah. So essentially, everyone gets a little more shut eye. Three researchers take off, come back a short while later, and they find that one of the rabbits is gone. One that's furthest away. Quote, the left rabbit was gone. The metal milk crate it was tied to was over on its side. The 1,200-pound test parachute cord was snapped in half. The rope looked like it had been exploded out. A mysterious, deep impression was found next to the crate. It looked like the front part of a large five-toed foot. It was in very deep... It was very deep into the ground. There were Bigfoot-type prints, five-toed, all around the crate with the missing rabbit. Some prints measured 18 inches long. They now, feel from now we're putting talking. All, all, that's, that's proper Bigfoot yeah. size. Yeah. We feel from putting all the pieces together that a creature had for some time put its foot on the, si- on the crate to hold it down, snapped the cord with its hands, its foot slipping off the crate, tipping over, putting the front part of its foot into the ground, into the process. It's pretty specific, but okay, I'm following. Yep. Examining the middle rabbit, they found a puncture wound around the stomach area. Quote, it looked like something with a shark claw had squeezed it. There were smaller 10-inch long five-toed prints around this rabbit. So we've got different Bigfoots out here. This is something small, or, like, this is, like, the other form. I don't know. I mean, 10-inch, 5-toed is, like, that's human-ish. Mm-hmm. That, I could so, see ascribing that to the, the the like, black forms that you've seen with the flashlights. That makes sense. Yep. Yep. This is where the story ends for the Robert S. family. Nothing else. <sighs> Nothing else. Uh, are you surprised, Spencer? I am, I think, equal parts surprised and disappointed. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually I'm actually pretty upset <laughs> at, yeah. the, at the end of this. So around the same time that everything's going on in Rome, Ohio, the nearby community of Rock Creek was experiencing its own share of weird shit. So in mid-June, a young man... Uh, Anonymous was out late around midnight walking to his grandparents' house through the woods. This is like some, uh, you know, fairy tale kind of like <laughs> Little Red Riding Hood shit. And he's over going the river through and through the woods. Railroad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's going. Uh, and he's on the railroad track that had been like removed. So there's just this path in the woods. It was a Friday night, and the young man 
walking around this dirt path surrounded by dense, thick forest. An old graveyard and numerous gas and oil wells were scattered throughout the area. And along the way, he started to hear some weird grunts and wheezing sounds coming from the woods. And he pressed on, just putting it out of his mind. And it was near a swamp that he heard the sound coming from 20 feet behind him. And turning around, a large creature walked out onto the path. Quote, it looked like an overgrown gorilla. Well, yeah, that tracks. long arms hanging below the waist and real long legs. But yeah, an overgrown gorilla. That's that's more or less what we've been describing here. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Despite the fact that he did have a 22 caliber handgun. Of course he did. He took off running with the creature in hot pursuit. Didn't shoot him. <laughs> Didn't shoot him. No gun, no shots fired. Hey, you know, I respect that as opposed to the <laughs> the uh the opposite approach that everyone else in the story seems to have been taking. Um, in the report, he did say, uh, look, uh, realizing that he only had a 22, he knew it wasn't going to do anything. So he's just like, I'm going to run. Good run. Reasonable. Reasonable response. Yeah. Yeah. So he did slow down to catch his breath for a bit. And when he did, the creature like let out some grunts like, really? You know, like he's <laughs> he, he slowing down out of shape. What's up, bud? You know, um, uh, I assume this Bigfoot's just like criticizing his cardio routine which makes me think that bigfoot would actually be a dick in the gym i mean imagine like bigfoot is is huge bigfoot Mm -hmm. is ripped bigfoot's never even seen the inside of a gym you know bigfoot is all natural (laughs) no no strength program just fucking yoked I can't imagine yep. if you if you gave Bigfoot a squat rack, it would be over. <laughs> Nobody would come back to that gym. Mm-mm. Nobody. Mm-mm. Everybody be done. Uh, he fuck like I can only imagine what he benches. I can only imagine that deadlift right now. I think like, I think instead of shooting Bigfoot, we should be shooting him up with steroids just to see how far we can push it. <laughs> Bigfoot on roids would be <laughs> would be a problem. The that's like the follow up to cocaine bear, you know, steroid Bigfoot, <laughs> roid foot, <laughs> roid foot, <laughs> big yep. ro- big roid. I don't know. Yeah, ro- I think roid. Big roid. <laughs> um. Oh man, get Bigfoot some pre workout next time. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so he wasn't scared by this point because he figured ah, Bigfoot wanted me. He would have gotten me by now. Quote. So he stopped when he stopped. The creature stopped about 15 feet behind him. The creature started once again making the same sounds. So the young man took off running again down the railroad tracks. The creature once again paced him at, at a fast walk, keeping up with him with ease. End quote. Um, Damn strength and cardio. OK, Bigfoot. Yep. The young man took a path into a cornfield that led to his grandparents' house, and uh, Bigfoot's like, "Nah, I'm done. I'm not going in that cornfield." All right. You know what? I, this this interaction seems much more reasonable on on all sides to me. Yeah, I respect it. Bigfoot's just I trying to get some cardio it. in. This guy's just trying to avoid Bigfoot. Yeah. Everyone goes their own way. I get it. Um, other people in the area had been hearing strange bird-like calls at times resembling that so, of an owl. 
So, so, so I'm those just are assume they heard it now. <laughs> those yeah, are birds. Yeah. <laughs> so Dennis I heard a bird. It must Larry. be Bigfoot. <laughs> the fuck? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Al, Bigfoot. Bro, birds, totally Bigfoot. Birds exist and they make sounds sometimes. Yeah, they do. Um, Dennis, Willard, and Larry all went to investigate the area and found some three-toed footprints that were uh, not good enough to cast. Um, the young man did return to the area with a couple of friends a few days later, and it was late at night. And you know, before long, they started to hear the brush break, and there were grunting sounds. Quote, the creature stuck its head out of the wood line opening uh, running along uh, the side of the railroad tracks. Two of the fellows got a good look at it, not being very far from it. One of the boys panicked and shot at the creature. Dude, in all the, like, you've taken 5,000 shots at Bigfoot, but no one thought to take a picture at any point? No, man. No, you you got know 100 blurry. guns, but zero cameras? I think everybody knew Bigfoot has been blurry for a long ass time, <sighs> but... Uh... The, the creature fell down as a result of this into the bushes, got back up, running off into the woods. It was screaming as it did so, end quote. Like, Rob, I think I might not believe this story. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. I think this might be bullshit. <laughs> Look, I, I'm totally I'm totally on board with that. Totally on board with that. Um, so the men all run away. Um <sighs> this, this we're ending here. Um, oh, oh, that's this it? is a very this is a very interesting twist to this sighting. Upon examination of this area, the young man found the critter had stomped down a footprint into the mound of dirt the fellow would sit on while watching for the creature. So, like th that is the most confusing bit of jargon. But basically, like these kids sat on this like mound of dirt looking out for this thing and apparently came over and just like stepped on it saying like stop looking for me weirdos yeah leave much. me alone uh yeah this was a mound made of gravel and railroad track dirt the footprint impression was three a three toe very wide 14 inches long it was in the mound about a quarter of an inch the toes were in the dirt deeper almost half an inch the track looked strange as unusual, but it did not look fake. Okay, I guess. Yeah. End quote. That's little quote. Um, no, totally not folks. fake, bro. No, it was definitely yeah. real. None of this is fake yeah. at all. No way. Yeah, none of this is fake. Um, that's it, folks. <laughs> that's it. This is so Spencer. Where where are you at right now? I'm. Uh, I'm glad that we took this ride together. <laughs> I I don't think I I really buy any of this, but right. and also as fiction, it's it's not great to be honest. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. So I'm a little torn because like if you were gonna if you were gonna just tell a story, I think you could have also told a better story. Right. Hmm. Mm hmm. I, I'm upset, if anything, I think is where I'm landing. <laughs> if anything, the story gave us the most fire illustrations from Larry Blazy that anybody has ever wanted. L, L Blazer killed it. Um, <laughs> I don't know about Dennis, though. I've, I've got beef, I, I've got I beef I with sure, Dennis going forward. 
I sure as shit do not trust Willard McIntyre as far no, as I can Willard, tell. No, Willard can get fucked, but <laughs> Blazer's okay. <laughs> he is... He is the unsung hero of Night Siege, the Northern Ohio UFO creature invasion. <laughs> A report by Dennis Belichus. Um, <laughs> fuck. Like, I don't know what to say about this other than I'm I'm happy that I stumbled across this. I am also equally upset that I stumbled across this. Yes. I am also equally... Um, angry that i that i purchased a copy of this thing i think those are um, all but, all good responses yeah <laughs> i'm right there with you <laughs> yeah um but yeah that's um that's it that's it for this episode uh spencer you, you got you got a lot of projects man you got a lot of things why don't yeah. you plug some of those things sure uh you can check out the what if podcast uh wherever you are listening to this you can probably also find it there um, you can check out any of the Duvid media podcasts. I have some hand in all of those. Um, you can list, keep listening to our strange skies cause it's a great, great podcast that I help make. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what you should check out. Yeah. Keep listening to this podcast. Spencer <laughs> said so. That's, that's it. You have to period. He he edits these episodes. He's done so much. You need you owe it to him. <laughs> what I put what I put him through this evening, you owe it to him to keep listening to this podcast. <laughs> Period. And look, um, if you're hearing this, you did listen to it, so thank you. Yes. Um and you know what? You can find the Our Strange Guys podcast on most podcasting apps. You know, you can follow us on social media uh if you want to figure out how to do that, buy some merch, find links to Patreon. Head on over to OurStrangeSkies.com. We got all that stuff there. Um, I have a P.O. box if you, for some reason, want to send me things. And, and like, if you have wild stuff like Night Siege that you want to send me, it's it's P.O. Box 1377, Tupper Lake, New York, 12986. Uh, you can check out Welcome UFO People, which is the webcomic that I do with my buddy Todd Purse on Instagram over at Welcome UFO People and Twitter at Welcome UFO Peeps. And we also have high res images available on our Patreon pages. And sooner or later, very shortly, we are selling limited print runs of our first five comics. So uh, be on the lookout for that. I'll be putting links in the show notes for um for that for probably in this episode when it finally comes out i'll edit that link stuff you know it's it's messy it's just messy right now but we're getting there we're getting there um our strange skies uh uh, our strange skies is a production of duvie media special thanks to floats for the use of their song and ufo as the theme for this podcast special thanks to spencer because he does so much for us behind the scenes you don't realize how much he does folks it's it's a lot uh uh our logo was designed by megan lagerberg and uh the great desdemona is behind many of our t-shirt designs and finally don't forget to look up because you never know what you'll find in our strange skies or on your roof trying to fend off an invasion of Bigfoots and UFOs. In gray, we trust. I saw a in Mexico.